Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Justin, I owe you and the rest of, I owe you and the rest of uh, all the, the Bengals fans out there a, a great apology. Not only was I not here last week when we were unable to do a show, we were unable to get it pulled off while I was in Park City, Utah for work. But the week before, on Wednesday night, I said two things. I said, one, Trey Hendrickson would not be uh, renewed. They would not extend his contract. He would end up being a cap casualty. And less than 24 hours later, he signed. An extension, two more years, and, well, one added to his deal. Well, the other thing I said was that this might be the year with Joe Burrow getting a full preseason for the first time, full training, full training camp, not coming off of injury, not dealing with appendicitis, and the next day, he strained his calf. It was so, wild. It, it was so wild. All of that happening uh, after the episode that we had recorded. But first and foremost, I got to just say this. You don't owe me an apology for going for handling your business. First and foremost, I wanted to ask you, how was it? How did everything go? Uh, Park City, Utah is beautiful. First time out there. Um, uh, our OPCO is nominated um uh for an honor that uh for for our brands and our italian food sales the only three uh opcos were nominated for we did not pull it out 
but uh but it was nice to be in that in that top three it's pretty elite company we're keeping so uh, I'm pretty happy about it, and uh, and we'll get back to the, we'll get back to work. We'll work on that next year. We'll get that next year. But uh, yeah, but thank I you, like man. It. It, it was beautiful. Um, my hope was to actually be able to record from a hotel room out there, but that was actually the night of the awards dinner, so I wasn't able to. We were actually had dinner at Olympic Park out there, um, right where the bobsled went underneath and everything from the Olympics back there uh, in the early 2000s. So pretty cool experience, man. It sounds like it. You know, I've heard great things about Park City, Utah as a city itself. I actually want to go to a ski resort out there. That's actually one on my bucket list to do sometime this, you know, what if it's up this upcoming winter, whatever the case it may be. But I'm, I'm happy for you. And for those that's listening and stuff like that, look, we're brand new to the game. When we start getting more seasoned and understanding how, you know, podcast becomes a part of our natural DNA, we'll be able to stream and, you know, do a lot of shows from a lot of different places. So don't you worry, y'all. We're still we're still in it. We're still here to win. And we also still got our boy Chase Young at the Cust of the Chase pod. So you're still going to get content. OK, but there's hey. we have our lives outside of this, too. So. You know, I, you know, be I'll there, tell you this, your business. listen, <laughs> if you're going to Park City, Utah, bring your pocketbook. It ain't cheap. No, but hey, oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> enough about travels and woes. What's it's football season. Let's get yes, into sir. it. I will be uh, um, foreshadowing here for those of you that watch on YouTube. Uh, there is going to be a new uh, new piece of material hanging behind me next week. Uh, I got the confirmation that I receive it tomorrow, so I'm pretty pretty excited about this new autograph joint I got coming in. Yes, sir. Um, that said, we're going to jump into this. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, right? It's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever the case may be. We are, wherever, we are wherever you want, can, and will receive your podcast. Please like, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, download, uh, get those first notifications when we go out and uh, catch out what we're doing here. We're trying to put out a lot, a lot of content for you guys going into the season. We're going to be doing a lot of, uh, you know, the post game wrap up, some uh, pre stuff so we got a lot more stuff coming so you're gonna see a lot more more things on this channel you're gonna see more shorts you're gonna see uh more shows so pretty exciting stuff i'm pretty happy about it but uh without further ado i introduce uh mr justin lacy is your host and i am brandon harriet uh aka b dirt and that is yes um that is hendrix in the background he is an overprotective uh german shepherd mix so I apologize if you hear him from time to time. He just likes to protect his mama. All right, let's get started. Um, joint practice today. We had a little joint practice with the Green Bay Packers. 
And uh, from all accounts, looks like we did pretty good in this joint practice. Good enough that we irritated somebody and uh, got a little quick exit from that offensive line. What was your takes on uh, on the joint practice today, Justin? Well, for starters, I think the defense, you know, they're, they're ravaging up the pace a lot. Um, Trey Hendrickson, man, he is a wrecking ball. And I'm so happy that we assigned him to that extension because my thought process prior to all of that was, man, I hope it didn't come to a situation where he was going to be in this Chris Jones where he may look to do a trade demand next offseason. The Bengals thought ahead and then wanted to extend him. He had earned it. He had produced at a high level for the next last two seasons, and he could potentially do it again. And in this joint practice alone, I think he recorded seven sacks from what I've seen. It's incredible what he's doing. And then the rest of the defense, you know, they're just making plays and they're stifling these guys on offense or oh, the Packers. Um, our offense is not really moving the ball that much is what I'm hearing uh, and based off of clips of what I'm seeing. Um, but at the end of the day, Joe Burrow's not out there practicing right now. So I, I can kind of give a little bit of leeway with that. But at the end of the day, I still expect to see somebody, you know, making plays on offense outside of all receiving core. Like the quarterbacks, they got to start playing a little bit better. If it is a situation, God forbid, that Joe Burrow does miss some time during the season, Trevor Sidney and Jake Browning, those guys got to step up. So, but overall, I'm very impressed with what I'm hearing from the defensive side of the ball. Well, you know, as somebody who uh, historically has been a little bit of a gambler, I will tell you, first four weeks of the season, the under looks pretty good. Defense normally gets off to a little bit quicker start than the offense. That's just traditionally the way the league works. So I don't I don't get too concerned about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody, when they talk about the Bengals nationally, the first thing they talk about is, and, and rightfully so, that offense, Joe Burrow, Chase, uh, 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 Jamar Chase. Um, see, I, I keep wanting to talk about Chase, yeah. Chase now. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, Jamar Chase uh, and, and T. Higgins and the rest of the crew, right? So I really like that our, our defense is showing out. I've heard a lot of chirping, mostly from non-Bengals fans, you know, that uh, we're, in a, we're in a worse position we were safeties aren't playing very you know are, are going to be an issue we lost this we lost that and yeah we did lose but we we also we put some real athletic guys in position and uh, we did see some things at practice today with three safety look um, out of that three safety look Nick Scott actually rotated back out and left uh, Dax Hill and Jordan Battle on the field Dax Hill playing deep and Jordan Battle playing up which I would have thought they'd been an exact opposite when those two uh, were in there, but nope, that was uh, that was the way Lou Anarumo drew it up. So I, I really think um, you're going to see a lot of uh, interchangeable pieces. Uh, Lou Anarumo even talked about this past week uh, with the signing of Logan Wilson, extension of, of him, and and who they've got at linebacker, who they've got at safety now, and and what their corners can do about how they can rotate in and out of different looks without tipping their hand by running people in and out of the game. I'm I'm pretty excited, man. If Lou Anarumo's that excited about what he can do with those chess pieces, I'm excited. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, you know, and to 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 add a little bit more praise to the defense, um I'm I'm also really happy that we also extended Logan Wilson. I know that he was another domino that a lot of fans 
were looking and hoping that we were extending. Um, the concern from the outside noise regarding our two safeties getting departed to other spots. Look, I, I understand. Jesse Bates, Von Bill, they play great football for us. And I'm more or less, I'm more or less going to miss Von Bill more because he offered that more that that Locker room real guy. true leadership, that leadership yeah. presence. And yeah. I, I like Jesse Bates' athleticism, but I've always said I think that they got more athletic, more dynamic in the back end, whereas they're just going to be held back a little bit by virtue of inexperience, not because they lack the talent. I think that they are more talented and you're going to see that play out as the season progresses. But I honestly don't think that the leadership drop off was even there. I think that we're so used to them being the leaders, but the leaders now have developed to be Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. We extended those guys and those guys have combined it together. If it wasn't for those two guys together, the fumble in the jungle never would have happened with Sam yeah. Hubbard. They was the ones that shipped it out. So these guys have realize this too about the contract but those two contracts contracts. add up to basically what roquan smith was (laughs) no one safety yes 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 yes. i know we lost two yeah but one safety you ship them out to atlanta and boom you you can extend two guys there's actually a clip that shows on Bengals twitter about comparing both uh, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson's contract to that of Roquan Smith with Baltimore because yeah. I think he signed a five year, hundred million dollar deal. And we got two guys less within the price of one, if you ask. And look, you can't really compare apples to oranges. I know that people are doing that just could be funny and comparing the numbers yeah. and whatnot and trying to make fun of Baltimore spending a hundred million on a contract with Roquan. But look, Ro- I said this before Roquan, he unlocks the key to their defense. And I think that he is very well earning of that contract just because he's an off ball linebacker. That don't mean that he didn't deserve it. He doesn't bring value to them. But at the end of the day, our guys bring a lot of value for us. And I think yeah. that Logan Wilson's answer um, after he signed the extension, he is very aware that other guys got to get paid too. And I loved mm-hmm. hearing that. So there's leadership all across the board. And that's why I feel like that even with the departure of both our safeties, leadership is not feigned. It is here. It is the the team overall rallies around each other. And you can see that in this training yeah. camp. And, and that we signed both of our linebackers for what we could have signed just Bates, you know, so, right, right. And then, yeah. and then it, look at the bears point of view on that Roquan trade. I mean, they ended up getting three linebackers for what they would have paid him. Um, yeah, they, they now, did a good job in there. He's a great linebacker, but mm-hmm. at what point in time do you want to – that's a lot of money to tie up in the middle of linebacker these days. I don't yeah. know. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we did have the uh, the chippiness. Jenkins got kicked out. I don't think either you or I take too much away from this. I've been in practices before. It is what it is. I thought right. – uh, DJ Reader had some pretty funny comments about it, but I don't think there's any substance <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, no, nah, not he, at all. I didn't hear anything. Yeah, when he was asked about my favorite part was when he was asked about BJ Hill going out on the field, and he said, <laughs> uh, "I didn't see anything. I ain't no snitch." Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was funny. funny. That was that was that was a, that was I heard that too, but I just I didn't hear anything that was to be contextualized and it should be brought into immediate. Like you know, like you just said, it's 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 training camp. It's practice. It's joint practice with another team. Chippiness is going to happen. You know, I, from what I take about it, um, I think DJ Reader was pretty much just saying, look, we are just – look, we out here just – we're committed to playing football. If you're trying to get overly emotional about it, it is what it is. But yep. we out here playing football. Yeah. I concur. All right. So uh, there was something in our, our text thread 
um, for running through the jungle. And it, it took me a little bit off. I, I, I didn't know. I, I thought maybe I had it wrong. I had to double check. I had to look it up. I'm, I'm like, man, I've watched the NFL network. Uh, I've seen Kay Adams on there in the past. Um, but I didn't know that was a big deal. I guess I, I, I don't know if it, it just didn't come up in my Bengal fandom or what it is, but evidently she made a cameo and, uh, this is something of note. I'm going to let you explain to me where I'm missing out, Mr. Lacey. Yeah, B. there you got to get on board with Kay Adams, man. Uh, I love Kay Adams. She is in, she's remarkable at what she does. Um, for those that are familiar with Kay Adams, she obviously was a former analyst on the NFL Network and Good Morning Football, but she has since transitioned to doing her own thing. She has a show on YouTube or FanDuel TV called Up and Adams. But prior to all of that, she was always very well renowned in showcasing her love for the Bengals. And it's not because she was a diehard Bengals fan growing up by any means is because ever since that we've ever since we've had the criticism of the national media overall as a whole about going with going off of outdated narratives and false perceptions with the Bengals Kay Adams steered herself away from all of that and just watched football and the most of the Bengals fandom this uh, fan base always appreciated that and it's not because we, we had Joe Burrow she's been doing that for us even during the later Dalton years when we weren't really all that good. Like she saw, she always saw the potential there and it was always warming and her affection for the team is just what, you know, sells us as a whole. She's very beautiful, obviously in terms of looks and all, but I think that everybody really appreciates her football mind and how she ingratiates herself with the fans. Um, she was at training camp this past Monday and she just, when she just went at it with great questions, she interviewed people like Dave Lapham, Marissa Contepelli, some of the players like Jamar Chase, Orlando Brown Jr. Um, she's also just she's again, she just basically just wraps her arms around this this team and, and just embraces it as if she's she's a part of the organization. She used she was also during our Super Bowl runs during our season. With the, I believe it was the game we played against the 49ers. Um, which sadly was a game we lost, but she was the ruler of the jungle that that day, and mm -hmm. it was it was amazing. She talked about her experience of being ruler of the jungle uh, on Good Morning Football uh, that same very next day, and she was just absolutely floored and just obliged by everything that Cincinnati had to offer. So, and she again, she's in very endearing to the fan base, and I think that she is some, and it ain't just about the Bengals. She also is very. She's just very receptive to just great football in general. Yeah. Then after she left our training camp, she went to the uh, L.A. to watch the Chargers. And she's given very great positive affirmation for that team, too. They got a lot of great things happening over there. Obviously, Justin Herbert is the one that just got paid and got the big bucks. But she's talking about the receivers and what the great stuff that they got going on and they have building. And she's she's keeping it real. And she's not one of those that's just a bit. She's not a bandwagon. She's a person mm -hmm. that just loves great football. And I just respect everything that she does, man. And, and she's very fun to engage with. I mean, she's gotten engaged with several fans, but in a positive way, I should say. Yeah. But like, I think you won't see the end of Kay Adams here in Cincinnati. So. No, I, you know. I didn't realize that there was that much of a draw to Cincinnati from her. Um, I, I just remember watching her uh, on the NFL network and she was always really good at her job, had great takes um, mm -hmm. with a little fun and wit to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, that's up in Adams and something I'm going to have to check out, man. I, I get yeah, paid to drive around. 
Yeah. Let me, let me, it's not on the podcast. I don't think I haven't seen the show on the pod. So it's on the YouTube mm -hmm. uh, or FanDuel TV. But let me tell you how it's kind of somewhat started that she became a little bit more polarizing uh, in social media, Bengal social media. She, I think she had wore like this, uh, this, this sweater and it just says who they on it. And we was all, and it, they captured that picture while she was on Good Morning Football. And it took all of us by surprise because, again, the Bengals have never really been well represented in national yeah. spotlight from well, she's anyone. She's from the Chicago area, if I'm not mistaken. She is. I think so. I mean, I, I yeah. gotta do. I gotta do a little bit of background. She might be, but she. But to, for her to just represent rep Hooday on a just yeah. a nice sweater just shows that she she she'll wear what she likes and she embraces that. But we as a fan base took it differently because it was like, oh, finally, somebody in the national media it shows us some love, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think from then on, it just sort of just drew us and her towards each other that this has been like a perfect combination. So, like, when yeah. you hear her speak about the Bengals, she's always speaking in like as in we format. And we love that, man. It, it, she's still keeping it. She's not biased or anything like that. She's still keeping it fair and on fair, neutral grounds. But, man, she you, can, you when you talk to her, you just you just think that she's a Bengals fan. <laughs> Because she's just so fun to engage with, man. So our team's a lot of fun to root for, started. too. You know, our team's yeah. a lot of fun to root for. Um, if you're new to the show, I actually live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've got friend, a good friend of mine at work. His son, I think, just turned seven, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and he is taking him to a Bengals game for his birthday because uh, he's a diehard Jamar Chase and Cincinnati Bengals fan now right here in the heart of Steeler Nation. It. It's just – it's it, it it's hard for him to swallow, but he's supporting his son, which is awesome. So I appreciate it. I that. love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, let's get a, a few seconds here. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, you're going to sit here and watch us fiddle with our thumbs, and uh, we'll be back in one second after we pay a couple bills here. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. 
Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, we are back. I hit him again. This is twice out of the last three times we've been on. I got him right back there when he was starting to take a sip of that cup. Like, bam, come right back <laughs> from that break. Get Justin Lacey. Uh, I'm Brandon Harriet. Welcome back to Running Through the Jungle. And we are going to get into a little bit more deep into our training camp uh, coverage here. Uh, first question I, I had for you here, Justin, is uh, what position group right now is impressing you the most uh, in camp? And I'm going to uh, preface it this: no wide receiver group is an answer. You can't you can't yeah, use no. the wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. We that's a, we have the best wide receiver answer. group in the, in the league. I, I'm going to go ahead and give us that title for now. Move on from there. What else? You yeah, no, you could, right, right. Yeah, if you no here on this show, we don't do cop out answers. You got to give the full direct answer, even <laughs> if right. it might be something that's very similar. Getting, and we said we've done that in shows past. We're gonna yeah, peel the onion tear. back. That's what that's what we're gonna do here. <laughs> yeah, and but I got one notes down here regarding training camp. It's the secondary for me. More specifically, I'm very impressed when I'm seeing about a cornerback room. DJ Turner, DJ Ivy. Those guys are showing out and having impressive camps so far. They're going through their rookie pains, and they're going to go through them during the season and when it starts off. But, man, they're showing their athleticism. DJ Ivy, who was a seventh-round pick, is really, really being very impressive, so much so to the point that the newly signed Sidney Jones that we re-signed – not re-signed, that we signed as a free agent in the offseason prior to draft, he might not even make this team because uh, he's not really – not really – doing so well i mean i know that he's a veteran he's got to showcase his leadership man but they might just cut him and put him on a practice squad because these young bucks are coming in here just lighting it up man dj turner's more specifically he's just showcasing that 426 or 427 speed i think it's 426 um I, he's showcasing that speed and it's not like that he just got that track speed he's really showing that he can play boundary corner on the outside and cover those pulse wrap pattern routes and breaking them up the balls you know it's it's amazing to watch this again i'm also going off some clips but i also was in training camp for back together saturday and i saw that happen then i believe that one of them did a pick six on i think it was T trevor simeon or jake brown i think it was trevor simeon who they one of them did a pick six on and it, i was just thinking to myself like these guys look like they ready to play they look like they're ready to go out there and ball out. Those are the two that I'm going to be impressed with, that I've been impressed with. But I'm also going to be paying attention to those two guys when the first preseason game action happens. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, DJ Ivy, I'm a Michigan fan, and I got to see him – or, excuse me, DJ Turner. DJ Turner I'm a Michigan yeah, fan. Yeah. Or I got to watch him um, play in college, and he's fast in pads. And that's what – that's what really matters, right? Uh, people play mm -hmm. at different speeds and people run at different speeds. Uh, you know, I think Jordan Battle is a great example of that with his anticipation and his he just full out go out of the safety position. I think he's faster than his four or five plus uh, 40 he runs. So uh, I think he plays faster in pads. 
I, I, you know, I like I like that answer from you. Um, I'm gonna go to the O line, man. I'm gonna give it up for the big uglies. Yeah, um, yeah. Cordell yeah. Volson um, came back in and uh, put on some put on some muscle mass and uh, looks great. Uh, Kappa Karras keep impressing. Um, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. has fit in nicely. Um, I think both as a leader and as a as a left tackle. And um, you know, I, I, I'm gonna tip my my cap. Um, I, I understand. I understand, you know, right tackle being a little bit of a, I don't know, a concern. We didn't know what was going to go on. Is Collins coming back? Um, it seems like um, we're, we're settling in there and we're not having any issues. Uh, it seems like the off-season stuff, um, you know, with Jonah – uh, requesting a trade, then backing, you know, off of that a little bit, uh, has seemed to go by the wayside. It, it, we're not affected by it in the locker room, and that's really good to see. The bit they kept the business side, the business side, and mm-hmm. they kept the, the you know the the business of going on the field, on the field. And uh, Jonah Williams seems like he's really settling in on that right tackle position, um, which is completely different. Yeah, you know, I've had right. a couple other yeah. podcasts we're on. Which, um, uh, we do, uh, I do every Friday night. I do uh, uh, on the Steel Curtain Network. Uh, some, we do an AFC North roundtable of the homies, and um, you know, Big G was a, a college offensive lineman, and he talked about how different it is to start dropping that right foot versus that left foot on that shuffle. Mm-hmm. Completely different muscles, completely different muscle groups. He said it's really not as easy as you think. And and from all reports and everything that I've been able to see in video, uh, you know, it, it really looks like Jonah's settling in on that that right side. I'm really excited. I, if we can get some of these um, runs to get us, instead of getting us a good run at five to six yards, if we can start popping those 10, 15 or more, I really think we're going to see some play action. I really think we're going to see some good things coming out of this offense. So I'm going to go with the offensive line as my uh, position group that's impressed so far. The most. That's that's a, that's a really great answer that you have. I'll just touch on that just for a quick second before we move on to the next thing. Um, shout out to Jonah Williams, man. He's been taking a lot of heat from a lot of the fan base throughout this offseason. Again, I'll be one to admit that I was kind of critical of him too regarding the, the requesting of the trade. I get why we needed to – not necessarily – yeah, he did request a trade. Like, I get why he was upset regarding after the, us signing Orlando Brown and him being pretty much forced to move over to the right side or else, or he can just, you know, whatnot. He, I, I get why that must have gotten to him. But, man, he's he's handled it like a pro. Like you say, he came in and just went to work and just showed that I'm about this. I want this team to be successful. I want to be successful. Uh, I said that I didn't want you. I didn't want the Bengals to like hand him the right tackle job. I wanted him to earn it. But to his credit, he went out there and busted his ass and earned that spot so far. He's put in the hours. He's put in the works. He sounded very positive. He sounded incredibly like enthused to being able to just to understand what the opportunity he has at hand at bay. Wow. I'm sorry, but as much as we th- we like to probably have Jackson Karma compete. Um, it's he, I don't know if he can compete right now. That's Not with Jonah Williams, sledding, man. 
He, he do. And slug. quite frankly, Jackson Carmen still has some ugly traits about his game that I don't, I think that he needs to iron out before stepping on a starting unit with this line, much to the much maligned to what I already have saw Jonah Williams iron out over the course of his career. And he's only still 25 years old. He's not like he's washed up past his prime. We tend to think about like once you're past your rookie contract that you're done, that you're not good enough for a second contract. If you haven't lived up to expectations, he can still do that. And then with Leo Collins, obviously I like Leo Collins. I mean, we were always, we were just following him and, a year ago at Kenwood Mall, mm -hmm. you know, hoping that he was going to sign with the Bengals, and he did. But he's still nursing in that back issue right now and that, that leg issue. So he got to figure out his way to stay healthy. But at the end of the day, it creates strong depth. And right now, I think Jonah is the best particular person to go at it. He's not letting up any – he's not looking like he's on skates at it. And I think to your point, like to be to go make the move from left tackle to right tackle is challenging. I use the uh, the funny phrase. It's like if you're right handed and you do number two. Now, I mean, I'm sorry to get a little bit graphic here. You're wiping your butt with your left hand with the toilet paper. It, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, anybody's had to do that. Just just grimaced wherever they're at in your car. Uh, I hope you have this on really loud at work. <laughs> um, yeah, man, don't wipe it's, with it's the a, wrong hand. Whatever you yeah, do, yeah, it's 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 a off feel. It's a weird feeling. It's something yeah. that you you have to work at it to get used to. Again, no bueno. I understand. I'm talking about two completely different things here. Yeah, but it's not easy. You need a bidet in that instance. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy to make the transition. But Jonah, he, and he's played right tackle in college at Alabama, so yeah, I feel like that that is, it's not as hard for him. But six years just for ago? him to still be a pro. Hmm. It's probably six years ago. Yeah, it was shoot. I think it was 2018, the last time he did it, because Jedrick Wills was on the left side and he was on the right side. Um, yeah, yep, that was yeah, 2018. Hmm. Yeah. But I gotta give my shout out to him, man. I, I do. I like what I yep. see him from him. Yep, I do too. Um on the opposite, on the flip side of that, what would you uh what would you think that your biggest concern would be right now with the the Bengals? Um, rather that has to be nitpicking, you know, I, I, I think everybody expects us to have a, a really good team, but where's that one area you'd like to see us maybe that, that cream to rise at the top and really, really start to step up for us. Yeah. We may have the same from, answer here just so everybody's we, aware. We, we might, and I'm okay with that. It's not a cop-out answer because this team is very good. I mean, mm -hmm. we have, just thinking critically, where is a legitimate hole on this roster? If you take the inexperience of the secondary, and obviously Joe Burrow, you know, he's not practicing right now, but he was out there in training camp, um, you know, just just walking around uh, with the joint practice. But outside of this, those two, I don't find a hole on this roster, like a real general hole on this roster. But if I had to choose, it probably would be tight end. Just because yep. – it's Irv Smith Jr. and a bunch of guys that I'm not sold on. It, but Irv Smith Jr., the only thing that we're questioning is can he stay healthy outside of having an injury-riddled season career so far with Minnesota. But outside of that, man, he's he's shown flashes. He's shown that he can go out there and make the tough catches. He can get get in the dirty work when it comes to being a good inline blocker for yeah. running plays or stretch, be a seam stretcher. You know, he, he can be that guy. He's shown that so far. Obviously, we're knocking on wood. 
Yeah. You know, for those that couldn't hear that, I was knocking on my table because it's made of wood. But we're knocking on wood that he stays healthy. But outside of that, I don't I can't really nitpick too much because I'm just I'm happy. This probably stuff that will probably bubble to the surface as the season go on. But that's the only thing I can really look at that can say, like, oh, it can probably be my concern. You know, um, I would pick the same thing uh, again. What is Irv Smith going to be? Um, is he going to be healthy? So on and so forth. But if I need to play devil's advocate and and be on the debate team here and find some another angle to, to to debate you with, I would say, you know, I don't really think so far, even with a, a health a healthy Hayden Hurst or insert whatever tight end. I don't think that you've seen the Bengals offense really rely on a tie in heavily. So I, I might say that third down back, are we going to see Travion Williams or are we going to see Chase Young or who's going to come up and be able to throw those blocks on third down and eight and third down and nine or 10 or whatever. So um, third and long back, that might be the, that would be my devil's advocate answer to that. I like that answer. And I think you mean Chase Brown because Chase Young, uh, the Washington defensive end. Chase uh, Brown, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have I'm very trying high to hopes say Chase Young is what I'm trying not to do, to be honest with you. Uh, Chase, if you're listening, we shout you out all the time, even if it's unnecessary, because there's a lot of chases regarding this whole brigade here. <laughs> but, you know, we love what you do, my man. But I, I would agree in that to an extent. I just think more or less the inexperience of Chase Brown, we don't know what he can do as a in terms of uh, – as a, as a full third down or just a person in the backfield. Yeah, the Travion Williams injury does scare me a bit. But at the end of the day, I, I, I never really was truly fully sold on Travion Williams because he's been a part of this team for four or five, I don't know how many years it's been. And he still played the same position. It's not like that he's going to just come in and take over and then just run the like a wins. Joe Mixon mm-hmm. is still that guy. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, Joe Mixon has gotten better in terms of pass protecting, like a lot better. And I've been watching those clips, um, you know, from people that break down a film and actually showing what it, you know, running backs doing those blocking in the back, well, just pass protecting drills. Joe Mixon, he had a couple of hiccups, but as soon as he noticed that he messed up, he comes back even better and just start pancaking guys. And I like seeing that because it shows that he was absolutely aware that he was not good at it for a few years. And he wanted to come back and show that he can do it because honestly, his career is on the line. I wouldn't call it his career is on the line, but his job is on the line. The in next sense contract's of, on the line. Yes. You can get be one more good like, contract out of a running back career. Really? Especially, especially where we are in this day and age where running backs yep. getting treated like they're the bottom of the scumbag barrel, which is terrible. Joe Mixon has to make sure that he works on this all around game outside of just running the football. And that's pass protecting mostly for him. Whereas Chase Brown, when I saw him in some of those drills, he, he, he can hold up in certain key spots. And I think he'll grow and learn over time and be like what Gio Bernard did. But you know, his size does matter when it comes to he's shorter compared to most uh, bigger guys that can just pick him up and throw him aside. I actually saw that in one of the drills. So that's a tad bit concerning. But overall, not enough for me to say that's my main concern outside of the, when I look at the overall essence of this team. Yeah. I still think it's still tight end. Like I, I said, I, I agree with like, you on tight end. But if yeah. I was going to play devil's advocate and give another answer, that's what I, sure. would, I would give. Sure. And I, I think, look, I don't think Chase Brown has to block as well as 
some of these other guys because of he won't need to. what he can he do out of the backfield as a, a receiver. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't want that guy getting to the edge and catching a ball with his speed. I mean, that's that's dangerous if you're a defense. And if we're team. anticipating that the O-line is better than what we've always seen it, how often will you really need to pass protect at times? You so, will, but not as bad or as much. You're gonna you're gonna probably see more chipping um, mm-hmm. on the edge uh, for Orlando Brown Jr. and Jonah Williams, just to keep that person from getting too wide around there too quick. That's it. Right. I, I think that's right. the main part. Instead of in the years past, it's been bloody nose up the hole with guys sometimes, and I don't think you're gonna see a lot of that. So, yeah. well. Before we get into, uh, you know, we said we're going to do every something every week here uh, with a little bit of fancy football spin to it. But before we get into that, and one question for you. Give me a hot take. Something you go out on a limb uh, to predict something here for the Cincinnati Bengals team as you see it now. Um, who could be, who could lose their position, who could take a position, who could uh, really make some splash plays this year for us uh, that maybe is outside the box uh, or or maybe it's the team as a whole. Give me a hot take uh, for out on the limb for this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I feel like – if I do come up with a take, I shouldn't be surprised that it happens. But the hot take that I'm leaning towards is Trey Hendrickson is up for defensive player of the year. Ooh, there's a good I, one. I, I'm, I'm, I just feel like that it's his time to show that he is not only one of the better edge rushers in the NFL – but it's time to start putting some respect in his name, like we do the guys like in our division, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. People don't put Trey Henderson in that class. When you think of the best edge rushers in the next game, year, yeah. Yeah, you put them, you put those two guys, you talk about Nick Bosa, you talk about Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. And and when and you know what, this is all comes on the heels that the NFL did the NFL top 100 release by the players obviously it was voted on by mm-hmm. the players and trey hendrickson was at i believe at number 75 that is too damn low for what he's done and i get he has his sack numbers weren't as incredibly high but his pressures were just astronomical if he's not on that field generating pressures the whole rest of the defensive line is not doing it he's the he's the anchor that helps that defensive line rolls when it comes to getting pressure and generating sacks on the quarterback that's Trey Henderson. As much as I love everybody else on that D-line, Trey Hendrickson is the one that's kept that motor going. And I think with the with that added extension, it's going to show them that, you know what, this Bengal organization does appreciate me. I'm going to show that I'm here in it for the long haul. And as much as I love you, Miles Murphy, uh, as far as the draft pick goes, you're going to have to sit yourself down on the bench and watch this for a little bit. And that's okay because it's a it's like it's champagne problems. It's a great problem to have. Your first round draft picks doesn't always have to be first on the field all the time. And I think that Trey Henderson will indeed show that he is yeah. one of the premier pass rushers well, finally in the league. And listen, and I think they took that 
Miles Murphy in the first round, knowing that he had a limited toolbox as far as moves that were successful for him in college, mm-hmm. but freakish athletic ability. But they had two guys that they knew he could learn from, and they didn't have to rush him on on the field and have to have that pressure or sack for him. Um, he can learn with with um, Hubbard, and he can learn with Trey Hendrickson. Right. And, I mean, that's a great position for that kid to be in. So, yeah, I, exactly. I, I think I think he's in. A, I think he's in a really good position. I think we've really gotten some more depth there, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this rotation ends up uh, after midseason. Uh, great take. I uh, I'll tell you what, my out on a limb may uh, may give you some insight that you might have sniped one of my takes from earlier, but uh, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction here. That on New Year's Eve, Mr. DJ Ivy is going to make a big play that's going to help us beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Ooh. get a first round bye. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. I love what this kid's been doing. I think he um I think he's gonna earn a spot. I think he's gonna see some playing time here and there. And I really like when uh, when when they're looking at tight ends, and I think he can help rotate in on the Travis Kelseys of the world, the Mark Andrews mm-hmm. of the world. And I think you know he has the, the length there um, to help out with that and and athleticism. And uh, he he doesn't get bullied either. You know he he'll hand no. fight with anybody. Um, he will, now, of course. If you're going up against Jamar Chase in practice, he's going to take a ball from you. <laughs> he just he, he does it to everybody in the league. Uh, so I, I'm not discouraged by that. I, I'm really liking what I see out of that youngster, and uh, I think he I think he's gonna get some playing time. I think he's gonna make a big play here at the end of the year. Maybe not to start right. off the year, but I think he'll be in there late. Hey, that's a great take. That's that's a great bold take. You know. I would probably lean towards DJ Turner as more believable, but this is why it's bold and out on a limb because yep. DJ Ivy, nobody don't really feel like he's going to do that nope. this season. But again, based off the observations and stuff that I'm seeing out of training camp, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked by it. And well, I, in I the backfield, listen, I, I would say more times than not, you end up with somebody in your defensive backfield that wasn't there at the beginning of the year because of injury. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Football is going to football, I like to say. And, uh, I, you know, sometimes it's a necessity. So I, I think he's going to get an opportunity at some point in time. All right, so fantasy football. We're going to touch on this. I know we've done our top 10 wide receivers. We've uh, went into some uh, some things of that nature. But I'm going to do top five here um, and not 10. One, we're going to try to get out of here in the next few minutes. And two – uh, you know, after the top five tight ends, you normally see a pretty big drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we're going to go ahead and do top five tight ends. Um, as far as fantasy, this is completely fantasy. Last time we did quarterbacks and you did your quarterbacks. You'd want to lead your team, uh, best, best in the business right now. This is just fantasy points. We're going to go five through one. I'm going to let you start it off. Who you got at number five fantasy tight end? 
I got TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think that he is a great option at fantasy. It's another outlet for, you know, Kirk Cousins. You already know Justin Jefferson is going to get a boatload of attention. Jordan Addison is a rookie, but I think that he's going to play a nice role down the stretch of the season. Maybe he will get some great action in as far as getting lion's share of targets in the red zone. But TJ Hawkinson to me is one of the better red zone tight ends in the game (laughs) so why not go to him so i think that that's who i have at number five so um for those of you uh out there listening we do not rehearse this we don't go over these with each other at number five i got tj hawkinson uh i've seen him a lot of places going at at normally around three four i've even seen him as high as two on a couple places um I have him at five, and I and here's the reason why. I think Jordan, Jordan Addison is going to take some yards away from him, but I still think he'll get his tutties. So um, for that reason, I got him at number five. Number four, Justin. This is actually going to surprise people because you will same hear the guy. name. You think like, what? Um, the like, same guy I got, isn't it? I'm going to go David and Joku. Okay. The Cleveland it's Browns. Not, it's not. It's 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 a little wild because I know you guys I know you got guys like Dawson Knox out there who obviously is a great target and I that probably should have been my number four because now I say that but I just think that David and Joku for from a fantasy perspective would absolutely take give more help and it shows his prime premier athleticism because he's such an athletic dude I mean when he was drafted in 2017. I thought he was going to be that kind of tight end that was going to be premier and just start being that big dog. Like we, like we talk about with George Kittle um, and all them other guys, but you know, the Browns offense really hasn't sort of found this true identity outside of the running into Russian attack, but you're going to see Deshaun Watson need to go to that security blanket outlet quite a bit. Now that they're trying to evolve into more of a passing offense. And I think that David and Joku fits that mold perfectly for him. So that's who I have at number four. I know it's a little right. bit hot take, but that's why. So number four for me, I uh, expect this guy to make some big leaps uh, this year. You know, the hype train has been real on him, but uh, he's finally got some offensive pieces around him. Um, I, I, you know, quarterback uh, remaining to be, you know, to see if it, how the mesh is there. But uh, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts at number four. I like what Atlanta's mm-hmm. doing on their offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this kid's going to have a breakout season. And uh, I have him jumping up to number four. Yeah, so, I, forgot uh, all, I forgot all about Kyle. But see, again, man. This, it's a big jump for him. It's a big it, jump. It, yeah, and that's a great pick at number four. And, uh, you know, I, I know I'm going to miss out on a number of guys. Dallas Goddard is another one. You know, uh, I should have thought of, too. I flirted and with him, asking, but I didn't take him out. Yeah, I mean, again, we're not saying we're not listing top five tight ends in the league. This is based yep. off of a fan perspective, and that's Fantasy why I went points. with Joko at four. But hey, I'm nothing wrong with the Kyle, Kyle Pitts pick. So, right. but where we at? We had number three. Number three, who you got? All right, these next three are probably going to be seamlessly easy, but surprisingly, I'm actually going to put Travis Kelsey here at number three, and okay. I understand that he's a future Hall of Famer and that he's Patrick Mahomes' favorite target and his best target. But I also think that Travis Kelsey is taking a little bit of 
a there's there's a little bit of an age wonder there where maybe he might not be as dominant as he was the last couple of years, but he's still a dominant tight end. I know I just contradicted that statement, but I also think that Patrick Mahomes will find a way to elevate his receiving targets that he has done this past season. Look, Travis Selsey's still going to get his targets. That's why he's still number three. But I think that the two that I have before him is going to show that they're going to be even more important with their nucleus of their offense and what is transforming than Travis Kelsey and what we already know and we've seen from him. All right. I have uh, number three for me is Mark Andrews. Um, I had him, again, these top three uh, – tight ends i think are the cream of the crop and really separate themselves mm-hmm. from the rest um but i have him at three just because uh odell beckham is going to be in, in lamar's ear constantly if he's not throwing him the ball so because of that i think some of those looks are going to go maybe to option b before option a sometimes and i think he'll get a, a some targets taken away from him um i think we'll we'll see uh you know OBJ and Zay getting getting their looks as well. Uh, number yeah. two, who you got? Yeah, and I agree with you on Mark Andrews. He's my number two. No, uh, so I'll just go ahead and mention that there. The reason why I have Mark Andrews at number two versus Travis Kelsey at number three, even though I know for the most part people are going to put Travis Kelsey probably number one on many lists. But when I think of Mark Andrews, he is exactly like Travis Kelsey minus the championship rings. Okay, I think that him and Travis Kelsey are very identical. They're very great red zone targets. I've seen Mark Andrews make more splash plays when it comes to, you know, when Lamar Jackson's throwing deep balls down the sideline. He's finding Mark Andrews again. It's one of those things where it's like the Deshaun Watson thing of finding the security blanket that I was talking to Lamar Jackson tends to do that so much more. And we're talking about newer targets that's coming into the fold, like Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, and, you know, Rashad Bateman's coming off of an injury. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anybody that is more secure for Lamar Jackson than Mark Andrews right now at this point. I get it. There's some, as the great Kay Adams would say, mentioning her name again, there's some sexy new toys in Baltimore right now. They're trying to load up and build up a super team. But I also think that old habits tend to die hard and that Lamar is always going to tend to find his outlet security blanket. And that shows to be Mark Andrews more so than I believe any other targets that he has. And I think we're going to see a continuation of that maybe until mid to late season. But that's why I have Mark Andrews at number two for now. Yeah, you're um, you're right. Uh, most of what I've seen, and uh, I, I do my homework for fantasy football uh, for years. I've not let anybody that I I, I I play with know that, but I I do I do some homework. Uh, I got my magazines around here. I've got my subscriptions online. I got all this other stuff going on. Um. So I'm copping up so that people actually out there know that I actually do get into this um, and do some research. Number two is Travis Kelsey for me, though, even though most places have him number one, number two. And the only reason why he's going to turn 34, um, uh, you know, during the year, um, you know, father times undefeated, uh, you know, um, Tom Brady took him into quadruple overtime but he still got him um, at the end. But but it's, you know, 34 for a tight end, uh, catching a lot of balls over the middle. I, if you lose half a step, 
you're going to be a little easier guard. Yeah, he's a big guy, but I mean, I I think this is about where Gronk was was starting to slow down and lose that, and and the dings and and stuff like that are I think going to start piling up on him. So that's still not a bad season, though. I still think he's going to have you know 1,200 yards and and 10 touchdowns or whatever. But I think he might miss a couple of games. I think um, maybe we start seeing him spread the ball around a little bit more. You know, I know they drafted wide receiver. I know uh, I really think Sky Moore has a chance to to pop this year in Kansas City. Uh, he definitely came from an offense uh, where the Kansas City offense would be daunting for him, um, you know, coming out of a smaller max school. So I, I think Sky Moore may be one of those guys that take a big leap this uh, his sophomore season too. So I got Travis Kelsey at number two. So that means – Number one would be who? George Kittle. George Kittle, number one. George Skittles Kittle. I mean, the dude is relentless. Um, got Irv Smith. He, he you know, I, I would see. I can't wait to see Irv Smith ball out in his Bengal offense, and he is an underrated tight end that you can pick up off of. I think he's gonna have a good year, but I mean, yeah. when you have that kind of talent with Jamar and. and, and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, and Chuck Sizzle, man, I mean. Right. I don't yeah, know. No, and then George Kittle, man, he's uh, like I said, man, he's just a he's just a relentless guy, man, at the, at the position. I believe yeah. that he is the best tight end in the league. Again, all due respect to Travis Kelsey and his two championship rings and whatnot. George Kittle for me is the best tight end in the league. He's more athletic. He makes bigger plays. He's always he's he. There were times during last year while they were going through their quarterback carousel in San Francisco, and even the year before that when Jimmy Garoppolo did play, that George Kittle was the offense. And that even though they had Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and all these little switcher rules, the reverse metrics when it comes to the game, George Kittle. I always found myself seeing George Kittle with the ball and going into the end zone for some reason or making big catches down the scene, whatever the case it may be. And he's such a great blocker. And that's, that's who I have at number one. Uh, as far as my tight end go again, it's unpopular for for a good amount of people being that I know people are going to say, Oh, how you want to disrespect Travis Kelsey and put up at no, but shut up. All right. We're not talking about who's the top five tight ends and ranking them from start to finish. Cause if that was the case, I'm still putting George Kittle number one. Okay. I ain't about to shy away from that all. Again, I respect Travis Kelsey. I love him. You know what I mean? I would draft him if he's available. But if George Kittle was first, I'm taking George Kittle. You know what I mean? So that's just my personal opinion of what I think of the tight end room. Yeah, when you look at tight ends and and their production and everything, normally rookie tight ends, um, very odd for them to pop their first year. Normally you see them year two, year three, they start building. And normally you see these guys between the age of 28 and 31 is really their prime years where they understand the offense. So they understand where to get in. They understand. And he's been with Shanahan the whole time. Um, who's a really good coach. Uh, I, I, I sounds like Purdy's going to be back um, mm-hmm. and, and looking good. I think that's good for him. Um, I, I just think what he does yards after the catch and, and, and his excitement and, he, and plays the game like a child, man. I love it. So I also yeah. have George Kittle as well. Um, if you were going to take a flyer on somebody in the tight end room, though, 
So you didn't get that. You didn't get one of your top guys at tight end. You maybe waited too long in the draft. You're in that fifth, sixth round, and you're like, "Yeah, I gotta get a tight end." What? Who are you taking a flyer on that might pop for you? Who, who you got there? Pat Fryer, both Pittsburgh. I think that he is going to be the basically the main receiving target between him and Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington, although he could surprise some people with his athleticism, he's more of a blocking tight end for the scheme that I think that they're going to be trying to build in Pittsburgh. They drafted Broderick Jones with the first round pick for a reason at tackle, and they followed that up a couple rounds later with Darnell Washington. That tells me that Pat Fryermuth, who has already shown his ability to be a receiving tight end, a pretty damn good one at that, is going to be the one that catch most of those security blanket throws by Kenny Pickett or be the ones that would be like a, a good red zone target if they get down to the red zone by virtue of a big play and they need a quick score and they're going to try to force feed it to Najee Harris for like maybe a couple of yards but get stopped short for a few yards in the, at the goal line and then maybe run a fade goal route to uh, – fade corner route to Pat Fryermuth. I could see that really happening for the Steelers' offense. And Pat Fryermuth is just a good player. I mean, again, I know his division rival pains me to talk that about him because he does wear black and yellow, but at the end of the day, I respect his game. Hey, I, I think a lot of people agree with you there. I, I think Pat Fryermuth uh, – I mean – Great football player coming out of Penn State. Uh, has had a pretty good career um, so far. Um, I know he's a fan favorite here in Pittsburgh. Uh, hard to root against the guy. Concussions have been an issue uh, last year. He had a couple of them. So it's something to keep an eye on. But other than that, I think he, he's got some real talent. And uh, uh, I I think it's good. I'm hoping, you know, I don't know what the the Steelers are going to do as far as opening up the offense or not with Matt Canada. I don't I don't get him as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah neither do um, I. But that said, I think he'll be a security blanket for Kenny Pickett. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with the Detroit versus everybody. Sam Laporta, rookie out of uh, Iowa. Yeah, I think I think that's the one guy. You know, if you look at T.J. Hawkinson before he was traded. I got a lot of looks, um, a lot of looks there in Detroit. Uh, I really think that, um, you know, Jared Goff, that's a security blanket. He doesn't like to take too many risks. I I think you should see a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, balls going his way. And and he's he's listed as the number one guy on the depth chart right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Sam Laporta. I think think he's going to get some looks, so. That's my that's yeah. my reach. That's, uh, that's a good pick. Any party shots for the folks out there? No, no, not in, not as big as what we might think. Other than you know, stay tuned because in future episodes we're going to give a nice little season outlook for the Bengals twenty twenty three season. Make some some predictions of what we think will happen. You know, not just Bengals, but the entire league as a whole. You know, we're going to give those predictions out there, but. Preseason is out here. Football is back. We got our first preseason game coming up against the Packers on Friday. You know, you already know Beater now. We're going to be there to give our takes about it, how we how we evaluate the team and everything like that. But we're having fun with it, y'all. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. Um, Saturday I'm going uh, to Maryland to pick up a puppy. So we'll have our third dog here. Yeah, um, that's a little bit easier to do when you don't have children. Um, but yeah, third third dog will be in here. Uh, we are picking up um, Jack Oswald. Um, Jack Oswald White is the uh, the Joker's actual name, so we're gonna call him Oz. 
Uh, I've been naming my dogs after uh, since 2013. I've been naming my dogs after after <laughs> Batman characters. So we're gonna keep that going. Um, so so that that that's what I'm doing on Saturday. Other than that, I'm hoping I'm hoping before next Wednesday that me, you, and Chase get on a special edition short. And I could pop some champagne, spray it everywhere. We got Joe Burrow locked up. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Before hoping next for Wednesday, I, I want Joe Burrow to ink a deal. That's what Me I'm too, man. For. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. Uh, I'm a little antsy, but I've also told people on this same, very same show a few episodes ago to just let's just calm down. Everything's going to be okay to get done. But I'm kind of surprised that it still hasn't been done yet. And it might be due subdued to the fact that, look, he's focusing on getting better right now. He's not trying to worry yeah, about their contract. Yeah, they, yeah, he knows whatever. the Bengals are committed to him, and they he knows that they're going to get paid, they're going to pay him a lot of money. But, hey, come on, man. I, I need to see that news drop now at this point. <laughs> yeah. I think you're still on mute there. There you go. Yeah, I'm still on mute because I got a dog going nuts in the background. Um but yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what. I know the Packers are in town, so if, I'm, if you hit me with that R E L A X on that on that comment, I get it. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow not- signed the signed the papers, man. Blank check him. Exactly. Let's get it done. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. for yeah. Justin Lacey, I'm Brandon Harriet. Uh, every Wednesday, you will catch us here. Um, we will be. Doing like I said, we'll be doing some preview shows. We'll be doing some post game shows. We got some stuff coming up here uh, in the future, so please check us out every week as we are running through the jungle. <laughs>